often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 441. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting again once, once again. Uh, <laughs> I'm coming out of the, the gate real well here. Uh, I'm sitting inside the the uh, Slapbox bunker once again as uh, I record this. Uh, and uh, just got done with the, uh, kind of a... Tron, uh, uh, binge fest, sort of a binge. I mean, I watched the original last night, the most of it, finished it today after I got off work, and then uh, started uh, the Tron Legacy. The uh, I want to say that was two thousand nine, uh, the sequel that came out. That uh, was pretty good stuff. Was, uh, getting a little Tron action, a little Tron, and uh, I I can still watch the original. You know, the the graphics don't like bother me. The uh, it's still got like a, a unique look to it, and uh, I mean, I love me some Br- Jeff Bridges. It still sucks that uh, he's got cancer right now. I believe lymphoma. I believe. I want to say that. Uh, yeah, it's lymphoma. Yes. <clears throat> that sucks. I mean, he's the dude. <clears throat> Although it does say. As of two weeks ago, that he did announce that uh, his tumor has drastically shrunk since the lymphoma diagnosis. So hopefully the dude's still abiding. Uh, this is on USA Today. He's got, uh, it says, uh, after being diagnosed with lymphoma last fall, Jeff Bridges now says his tumor drastically shrunk. The post on his official website shared Wednesday Bridges wrote he went to the doctor last week for a CAT scan. To see if my new protocol is shrinking my tumor. The 71-year-old actor announced in October that he had been diagnosed with lymphoma, a cancer of the lymphatic system. He left with good news. Turns out it's working beautifully. He wrote, the thing has drastically shrunk. Uh, Bridges' appointment was January 6th, the same day that a pro-Trump writer stormed the Capitol on a, in a deadly attack. The actor, who at the time was elated with the news about his own health, arrived home to learn what happened in D.C., uh, yeah, and then, yeah, right, yeah, obviously I wasn't too happy about that, but, uh, <laughs> oh, well, here we go, here's some good stuff, uh, and he, I did say he broke his heart and stuff, but then he's, uh, gets down further here and says, as the dude would say, new shit has come to light, man, <laughs> Bridges in October, referencing his 98 cult classic, The Big Lebowski, great fucking line. Uh, although it is a serious disease, I feel unfortunate that I have a great team of doctors and the prognosis is good. Yet later that month, uh, this cancer thing is bringing on feelings of preciousness and gratitude and good old-fashioned love, and lots of it big time. I'm feeling so much of it coming my way, and man, I appreciate it. It's contagious. All this love's like some kind of positive virus. I wanted to acknowledge and thank you guys for reaching out during this time. It feels good getting all the well wishes and love. More recently, he debuted a shaved head in an Instagram photo last month with Monty, his new puppy. And uh, feeling good, uh, Bridges wrote in the caption. That's good news. That's good news. Love the dude, man. Love the dude. He's so zen-like. He's <laughs> Even in, like, uh, Tron, like, he's kind of like this carefree guy, at least... Uh, he was a little bit in the well, yeah, I guess he was in the original, but then like in the uh, Tron Legacy, he definitely has more. He does like a lot of Zen shit as the the older uh, Flynn character. Uh, yeah, he sadly I hadn't remembered that much. I know I saw Tron Legacy in the theater. I mean, I remember the original Tron because I watched it fucking nonstop when I was a kid. <laughs> so it's really ingrained in there. Tron Legacy, though, I think I only saw it, like, once or twice. And I th- I think I basically just saw it when it came out of the theater. But it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I haven't gone completely back through it. Good stuff, though. I think the big news, which, uh, if you haven't heard about it now, I'd, I'd be surprised. The the awesome news that I, I'm enjoying it. I think it's fucking fantastic. It's, uh, you know, seeing as that I'm... 
working class slob. <laughs> Whatever you want to consider. I'm blue collar all the way. Uh, <laughs> the GameStop fiasco on Wall Street, which is just fantastic. If you're, you're unfamiliar with it, uh, uh, hedge funds do uh, short stocks the bet on uh you know lose the that the company's going to go bankrupt basically that they're going to end and they make a ton of fucking money off of uh of companies going under and that sort of thing and uh they uh, for good reason shorted GameStop I mean <laughs> brick and mortar video game stores are kind of going by the wayside it's amazing that they're still in business at this point uh you know, I'm sure they could remodel and maybe work around some things, find a way to stay relevant. <clears throat> but it's hard, man. I mean, most video games are downloaded over the internet. You don't need physical copies of them anymore. So a brick-and-mortar retail store, you know, it's <laughs> doesn't make a whole lot of sense these days. But it it is uh, quite funny that on the it started on the uh, subreddit on. Uh, Shit, what is the name of it? It's, uh, damn it. I'm trying to find the uh, subreddit name. And Wall Street Bets on uh, Reddit. They, uh, crowdsourced basically, uh, <laughs> funded people to buy stocks in, uh, GameStop, AMC, and there was, I, I believe, a few other companies. And just fucking destroyed Wall Street. Uh, you know, all these hedge funds and stuff that we're betting on <laughs> the short for like GameStop just lost a fuck ton of money. <laughs> uh unfortunately though, I mean it's sh- shitty, but you know, this is you know, Wall Street. Uh they'll find a way to uh prevent themselves from getting fucked. Uh <laughs> the the people that mainly uh bought the stocks out of here, I mean these are just regular regular Joes. People just like, you know, hanging out on Reddit. And uh, they use the uh, app Robinhood, which is conveniently named as uh, <laughs> the app that uh, they can, I guess you can tra- trade for free on there, or at least you could. Um, <laughs> so regular people could just get on there and trade stocks. And uh, all these people from this subreddit got on there and bought all these stocks uh, through there. And uh, all these people on Wall Street lost uh, just a, a fucking insane amount of money over the whole thing, and uh, <clears throat> which happens all the time in Wall Street. But usually it's these hedge funds and whoever. I mean, it's it's not <laughs> something new, and uh, it's uh, it seems <clears throat> uh, you know like it, it. I don't feel bad at all. For, I think it's quite awesome that this happened to all these hedge fund people. Uh, there is, I'm trying to find, damn it, there was somebody on here that had, uh, copied a Twitter post that I think really encapsulated <laughs> the, uh, the feed quite night or the, uh, that really said it quite nicely. Where is it? I'm trying to find it here. Ah, here we go. This is, this really... <laughs> Says it all to me. Now, they've shut down. Robin Hood apparently has shut down all, like, trading from these people, apparently. Because they're like, whoa, 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 you can't, normal people can't just destroy the stock market like that. That's for, fuck, you know, the the ruling class. And uh, this is at Rudy Betrayed on Twitter had posted, Remember when senators got coronavirus briefings before the public and sold off millions of dollars in stocks before the crash last year and faced no consequences and no regulation? Then Reddit made one stock into a meme, and they're talking about restructuring the whole market. <laughs> yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, there was like no, almost no, well, there pretty much was no repercussions over the whole insider trading thing. With the senators, uh, Kelly Loeffler, she didn't get elected. I think that's the only like repercussion there was. She got uh, she lost in the Senate runoff over there in Georgia. Other than that, I mean, there was I don't remember how many senators were involved in in that, and I don't think any of them saw any fucking real. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, they're talking about going after these uh, redditors and shit for uh, 
taken down the stock market basically, but it's it's fucking great. And there is a currently a class action suit against Robinhood for denying these people of of trading and all these people that bought the stock too that they can't sell now. <laughs> so they're like to- totally fucking these people that you know like they're not these filthy rich people on Wall Street making trades. It's like normal everyday Joes. And uh, it's kind of shitty. But uh, it uh, reminds me of, of course, The Big Short, uh, the the movie in 2015 it came out, I guess, uh, is what it says here on Wikipedia. It was uh, Steve Carell was in it, Christian Bale. Uh, don't recall who else. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> of course, about the 2008 uh, financial collapse that was the basically betting on uh <laughs> it they were it was shorting companies christian bale's character i guess was the main one that like discovered like oh hey these are these companies are gonna go under because they're uh you know uh selling these loans that are worthless loans they're selling off these debts and like this is uh, this bubble's gonna burst and he bet on it and uh one one big where the country lost huge out of it <laughs> It's it's a good movie though if you haven't seen it it's a it's a classic as uh but man yeah I it, I'm saddened I didn't know about this Wall Street bets deal you know I I never really go on Reddit so but looking at it like this is fantastic uh, <laughs> oh I have seen pictures of people uh, post their uh, GameStop. Uh, <laughs> Uh, stocks. They got it like framed. It says Robin Hood will have to break into my wife's boyfriend's house if they want to force me to sell my uh, GameStop uh, stock here. Uh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, I just caught. That's a great one. Rob, Rob <laughs> really sunk into me. I was like, Wait a minute. Robin Hood will have to break into my wife's boyfriend's house. <laughs> If they want to force me to sell my GME, <laughs> that's pretty great. Uh, uh, I want to be his wife's boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's great. That's just that's just fantastic. Fuck Wall Street. I I uh you know I have the chance like at my job to do a four hundred one k, and I've never opted to do so. Because I just don't like the idea of uh, Wall Street in general. I know the history of you know the market collapses and such, and it seems extremely unstable. You know, shit like this you know happens, and overnight you're you know you could be bet you know think you have this safe retirement, and then you have nothing. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I pr- probably missed out on some money though uh, <laughs> from not having one. But again, stock market can be a real bitch. So, so yeah. Other than that, uh, I've been uh, watching uh, a few a few other things on Netflix. I've watched. I'm up to date now on Wandavision. Um, I watched the fourth episode yesterday, and uh, I like it. I like the. Uh, now you're starting to get more of an idea of what's kind of going on. It appears, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, it would appear that Wanda is controlling this reality that she is in. And uh, <clears throat> she's created a lot of shit in there. Um, theories have it that maybe Mephisto, the, uh, or I think that's his name, the uh, enemy from the... And, Marvel uh, comics might be behind some of it, but uh, <coughs> it's it, it's pretty good. I, I, I like it. And uh, we finally got an episode with this fourth one where we see like the normal world, the outside, the WandaVision, uh, I don't know, fantasy thing she's, <laughs> she's made, uh, it would appear. And uh, it does, it, uh, it would appear that Vision is dead still. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she brought him back to life somehow. It's it's still a little mysterious. I like that. I like the mystery. This is the slowly 
kind of figure out what's going on. I like that. It's hard to do that these days. Like when uh, it was great when uh, Mandalorian first uh, came onto the scene, and they had, uh, of course, had Baby Yoda, and it was a big just shock. And I, thankfully, I watched that as soon as it came out, so I did not uh, have the internet spoil it for me, like uh, <laughs> like some kind of Reddit page, you know, or something fucking me up. But uh, that was that was good stuff. I I, I, uh, I, lo- I mean I love the Mandalorian. Still excited to see the next season. But WandaVision's pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> and it's good to see Randall Park in there. I <laughs> I, love, I love Randall Park. He, ever since the interview when he played Kim Jong Un and he was rocking out to Katy Perry's fi- uh, firework, fantastic. Loved it. I loved him as Kim Jong Un. I still, that is one of my, uh, such a good memory of whenever, uh, there was the whole controversy behind the interview when, uh, there was the big hack of Sony from North Korea and, uh, they were making threats of like, uh, killing people and stuff. If, uh, we were to let that, uh, movie be shown in theaters and such. And then there was a lot of movie theaters that just wouldn't show it. And the it was the St. Louis Galleria Mall uh, that uh, Muffin Man and I had went and gone s- to see the interview. And when we heard that was like, let's do it. This is our fucking duty as Americans. We have to go do this. And it was so, so great. And, of course, there was an Asian woman in the audience where we had to wonder, like, is she, is she uh, Korean? What's going on here? Is there a <laughs> – are we going to get – are we going to get blown up? What's going on? What's going on? I, I guess not. Maybe she was Korean. Maybe she was South Korean. Either way, she was. Uh, she must have enjoyed the movie. I didn't see her walk out. So we, we were safe, long story short. <laughs> uh, love that movie, though. Like, it's pretty pretty cheesy. It's pretty crazy for them to have the balls to make a movie where they assassinate a world leader that's actually alive. And, you know, the guy has literally killed his own family members he had his uh he had poisoned his brother what like two years ago uh i know he killed i maybe even uh more than one uncle uh see i i gotta find that out i know there was one where he an uncle he'd killed uh There's a here we go. Here's a on Wikipedia list of officials purged and executed by Kim Jong Un. Let's get some good uh, facts here. I'm I'm quite curious. Let's see. I may I should be careful. That maybe this podcast is big in uh, North Korea for some dumb reason. And uh, <laughs> like in the movie, uh, Randall Park is you know rocking out to Katy Perry. And well, you know I know I do know that Kim Jong Un is big in basketball and stuff. But it would that would be. <laughs> That would be just my like the one person that's excited about this podcast for whatever reason is Kim Jong Un. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've said bad shit about him in the past though, so I, I probably shouldn't be worried. I don't plan on going to South Korea or North Korea anytime in the near future. Um, let's see. Do do. I want to see about his family members. I don't want to see. Um, I wouldn't. I know I thought he had like f- I've heard stories of uh damn it um what family killed Kim what that's not <laughs> that's not yeah I want to know about the family members he's killed hmm there's the 2017 I guess this is still about uh, Kim Jong Nam, his brother. Um, yeah, it says here on Sky News from 2017, uh, North Korea leader Kim Jong Un killed relatives over China coup plot. The authoritarian ruler mistrusts Beijing since learning of an alleged plan by family members to oust him with China's help. Uh, since Kim Jong Un's half brother and uncle were both killed after the North Korean ruler uncovered a Chinese-backed plot to oust him, it has been claimed. 
Since taking power in 2011, Kim ha- is said to have purged a series of senior officials, including members of his own family, who represent a threat to his leadership. Um, two of the most high-profile killings were those of Jang Song Thak. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but uh, Kim's uncle, who was executed in 2013, and Kim Jong Nam, the ruler's exiled uh, brother who died in Malaysia in a chemical attack earlier this year. Uh, that's in 2017. Uh, both the deaths have now been linked to an apparent 2012 plot to replace the leader with Kim Jong-nam, reported to have been hatched in the Chinese capital and a source of con- uh, continuing tension beyond uh, between Pyongyang and Beijing. According to Japan's Nikai, I want to know the details on this murder. Damn it. <laughs> um, let's see here. Yeah, an ally of Kim within the Chinese government, Zhao Yongkang, later secretly informed the coup plot on which the dictator is said to have flown into a rage. I imagine I'd be a little bit pissed off, to be fair, if uh found out somebody was trying, my own family members were trying to kill me. I'd be slightly upset. Um, Jiang was executed in 2013 after being removed from all of his posts over allegations of corruption, drug use, gambling, womanizing, and, a le- and leading a dissolute and depraved life uh did you i want to know about i thought they had like some crazy assassinations like with uh one involving like an anti-aircraft gun starving dogs uh yeah you know it, it is crazy too like i haven't really ever heard much like uh <laughs> since the like he killed his brother that there was any kind of problems they face they probably faced some sanctions over that i think it was singapore that he was kim jong nam was assassinated at um damn it i got it uh i want to find that i know (laughs) let's see here uh jang song thak i want to know how he was killed Oh, here we go. This is a this is a fairly recent article about it. Uh, uh, that doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I can trust that. Um, hmm. Do do do. Here we go. There's here's an article about it in the Washington Post from years ago. Uh, he had his own uncle killed. And why? Just over a week ago, this is, of course, in 2013, what they wrote this uh, after South Korean intelligence officials revealed that North Korea had purged senior government official Jang Song-thak, who also happened to be uncle of leader Kim Jong-un. North Korean state media have announced that Jang has been executed. Jang's bizarre case raises two closely related but distinct questions. What did Jang do, and why would Kim have his own uncle to death? Truth, needless to say, is probably not that Jang was killed for half-heartedly clapping. (laughs) As another state-run Korean central news agency claims in a lengthy explanation for the execution, more likely this is perhaps a way for Kim to consolidate his power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to know how he was killed. Uh, I still... I mean, I've heard different... I don't know if it's different accounts of what... Maybe it's just all propaganda, but uh, maybe I should specify more in my Google searching how was <laughs> Kim Jong-un's uncle killed <laughs> mm, let's see if I can type now Kim Jong-un's uncle <laughs> uh buh no, it was firing squad. I thought there was more to it than that. I thought they had like, hmm. Let's see, New York Times wrote about it here. A hail of bullets and fire. Damn it. Uh, North Korea killed official who wanted reform. Uh, late 2013, Jang Sung-suk, uncle of Kim Jong Un, was taken by the uh, taken to the Gang Gun Military Academy in Pyongyang suburb. Hundreds of officials were gathered there to witness the execution of Mr. Jang's two trusted deputies in the administrative department of the ruling Workers' Party. Two men, Rai Ryong Ha and Jang Sugil, 
were torn apart by anti-aircraft machine guns, according to South Korea's National Intelligence Service. The executioners then incinerated their bodies with flamethrowers. Okay, so it was pretty extreme. Uh, Jang Song Thiak, uh, widely considered the second most powerful figure in North, uh, the North, fainted during the ordeal, according to a new book published in South Korea that offers a rare glimpse in the secret of Pyongyang regime. Son-in-law of a theocracy by Ra Jong-il, former deputy director of the National Intelligence Service, is a rich biography of Mr. Yang. Uh, the most prominent victim of the purges, his young nephew was conducted since assuming power in 2011. All right. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I guess it was uh, anti-aircraft fire, but I thought I heard something about him assassinating people before with, like, uh, starving dogs. Um uh, but yeah, he's killed his own family members and by some br- pretty brutal manners. Uh, and uh, it's pretty crazy for Seth Rogen and James Franco, of all people, too, to just like, yeah, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna do this. I mean, they're they're alive today, so I mean, I guess guess it's still good to be a a white American with a lot of money <laughs> and, and some power. So I mean, you can piss off some very uh, murderous uh, dictators and be fine. I wouldn't recommend, like, going to Korea, but I, I do love the fact that they <laughs> they made that movie. And it gets snuck into uh, North Korea. I wonder if there's any... Uh, I wonder if there's any news about uh, <clears throat> people still sn- smuggling it in. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, people ask, is the movie The Interview banned in North Korea? I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say about that. The, the Interview is a 2014 American political action comedy film co-produced and directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Second director uh, work. Ba, ba, ba. Where is uh? <clears throat> Hold on, that's not what I was looking for. Um. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, the film is heavily inspired by a 2012 Vice documentary. In June 2014, the North Korean government threatened action against the U.S. if Sony released the film. As a result, Sony delayed the release from October to December and reportedly re-edited the film to make it more acceptable to North Korea. I wonder what did they re-edit, because uh, <laughs> they do kill him in the movie. Like, what did they... What what was taken out? Now I'm like, oh, man, I want to see the director's cut. Uh, <clears throat> now I, now I got to know. Like, what was... did And did it really... <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. Now here we go. Cinnablend.com. What the interview changed to avoid controversy before release. Uh, they shouldn't have changed anything, fuckers. Uh, the team behind the interview have maintained throughout the controversy surrounding the film that they were never pressured to change any part of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg's comedy, even though the content would prove to be incendiary. But an editor who worked on the comedy has now said in an interview about the interview that one significant scene was toned down, though it was a creative choice and not one mandated by the studio. I'm going to guess they're saying, like, when Kim Jong-un was killed, they maybe toned that down. This piece has spoilers for the interview. You have been warned. Um, I think I already spoiled it. Uh, in a piece that ran over the weekend on EditorsGuild.com, co-editors Evan Henke and Zane. Baker opened up about the difficult process that uh, they undertook to find the humorous line and what was sure to be controversial material. Do a swear up and down that they were never censored in the editorial department and that no one ever demanded that they scale back or tone down the movie because the jokes were too offensive. But when it came to the grand finale of the movie, which famously shows the death of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, the team agreed that it needed to be changed so as not to reflect the face-melting awesomeness 
of a movie they all grew up worshipping, according to uh, Baker. There were visual effects changes to the film. Specifically, Zine Baker said the visual effects supervisor, Paul Linden, worked to revise the shot so that the explosion didn't melt Kim's face off like the villains in Raiders of the Lost Ark. We all remember this scene, right? Fuck yeah. Classic scene, and I'm going to watch it. They have a clip of it on YouTube right now. Uh, man, they have the... I don't need the whole scene. Just get to the face-melting part. That part is... Uh, there's the, the Nazi just getting his face melted off when they open up the Ark. We got the ghost coming out. Oh, there's several Nazis just getting there melted. Don't look at it. <laughs> of course the Nazis got to look. They're going to look right into the sun. Oh, fantastic. Love Indiana Jones. <laughs> they should have done that. Man, this face melt part, part is really good. Oh, that's great. I'm curious, though, why his face turned, like, the one main baddie guy. Like, his face turns white. There's white fluid coming down. I don't know. I don't know why that. <laughs> why the white stuff um, let's see here uh, and if you were one of the many who paid to see the interview on video on demand or in an indie theater you uh, know that Kim Jong-un the Kim Jong-un conclusion was close to this but not quite as extreme it's very interesting that it was a self-edit though and not a studio note this isn't the only self-edit Baker and Hanky confirmed that a gay orgy scene that was part of an early draft of the screenplay it leaked was scrubbed before it was ever filmed they explained that one of the major changes they had to make in the editing room was figuring out how to not make Kim Jong-un likable. <laughs> Hanky admits, uh, we were concerned had we made one of the most evil men on the planet too likable. He's a horrible person, but in our movie we wanted him to be the butt of jokes. Uh, we were still trying to figure out if the interview was a success. Yes, it changed how the industry feels about the video on demand model for now. And yes, it opened the nation's eyes to free speech agendas for now. But was it a good film? Did it earn the controversy accorded? Would Rogan and Goldberg do it the same way all over again? And if they were given the choice, we'll always wonder. Oh. There's a... Uh... <laughs> yeah. There's one that's there, too, that says Kim jo uh, Seth Rogan was against the edit. I mean, this is a great face melt. Like, they might as well have. I mean, I don't think... Kim Jong-un would have been any more like, oh, they didn't melt my face. Uh, okay. Although maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he would have killed him. Uh, of course, maybe he's a fan of uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Maybe he would have enjoyed that. Uh, um, <clears throat> see, I know that uh, people have gotten in trouble... over the whole thing but I th I've, I believe they still like uh, smuggle the movie in to North Korea um, <clears throat> do, do, do. <laughs> is it banned <laughs> uh, yeah these are still articles oh here we go this is an article from 2015 North Koreans review the interview let's see what they have to say about it I guess these are uh expats um <clears throat> see uh the uh the fictional story of a cia plot to kill a north korean leader yeah yeah, yeah. we get it <clears throat> what we got uh <clears throat> but what let's see but what have north korean defectors made of the film uh lee han bayel 31 uh north korea where i used to live excuse me hold on <clears throat> all right I should probably try to remember to edit that, but <laughs> that cough out. <clears throat> he says, uh, in North Korea, where I used to live, there are no comedic films. There are only education and propaganda movies. Films are made for the sole purpose, purpose of inoculating faith in the Kim family and idolizing the father and son. But this movie employs comedy in treating the heavy topic of a plot to assassinate Kim Jong-un. The film, the main protagonist, Dave Skylark, is warmly received by Kim. Skylark sympathizes with Kim at first, but changes his mind after discovering a fake grocery store. In fact, 
There are no fake grocery stores in North Korea, but the fake store represents something very real. The North Korean government never allows foreigners to see the miserable reality of some North Korean residents. They are guided to the spots designated as good places for publicizing North Korea as a wonderful country. I was also moved when Skylark confronts Kim during his interview. Uh, why don't you feel uh, feed your people? If the subtitles about this question are delivered to North Korean residents through this movie, then they can be hopeful because that means their pain and hardship are known to the world. The third most impressive scene is the one where Kim is finally killed in the helicopter. Recently, Kim flying a plane has been a great issue to North Koreans, uh, and it is intended to show he is such a stout-hearted leader. Um, the scene of Kim's death is significant. It could give hope to people suffering from hunger and despair in North Korea. Hope this film will encourage people to pay attention to the actual conditions of people in North Korea. I will also try to help my friends who watched foreign movies secretly with me when we were young see this movie. Uh, Lee Han Bael uh, lived in the city of Hungnam in North Korea. She escaped in 99 and arrived in South Korea in 2002. She is now studying for a master's in Korean Unification Studies at Yonsei University in Seoul. And uh, Park Ji Hyun, 51, uh, when I heard the interview was going to be released, I had a lot of expectations. When it was announced that Kim Jong-un's character would die in the film, it made me even more excited. <laughs> the first time I watched the movie, it was very confusing as I was not very familiar with the language used in it. I thought the movie was just pointless and meaningless. However, I still thought there might be a message that we could take from the film, so I decided to watch it again. Uh, the second time I watched the movie, I was able to pick out important things in particular. It tried to report the situation of human rights in North Korea. First, in the scene where students are singing about Americans dying, it reflects the reality of the way North Korean state brainwashes its citizens, in the scene where the goods on display in a grocery store are shown to be false, it shows how North Korea likes to hide the reality of the country. Lastly, when Kim, played by Randall Park, yes, I thought he, <laughs> he was great in that, um, was questioned about the poverty of North Koreans in political prison camps in North Korea, although it was only mentioned briefly, it was still effective in showing the human rights problems. I think maybe foreigners seem to feel what I feel about watching the movie. The main message was to be careful when working with North Korea. In addition, people who did not know about North Korea now know about the country through this movie. In my eldest son's school, many of his friends saw the movie and learned something about North Korea. Some people did not even know that North Korea existed, but now they do. Uh, I had very high hopes for this movie, but it was a little bit disappointing. I wanted this movie to be the key to unlocking all the poor North Koreans. On the other hand, the movie still sent a strong, important message about North Korea. Park Ji Hyun grew up in Chongjin City in North Korea. She first left the country in 98 and spent six years in a forced marriage in China before being repatriated. She left again for good in 2004 and now works for the European Alliance for Human Rights in North Korea, based in London. And then uh, Ju, uh, Ju Kwang Hyun, 58. Before watching the interview, I was curious, like many other people, what is it about the film that made North Korea hack Sony Pictures and attract international attention? After all the ups and downs, I could finally watch the film due to all the fuss North Korea made. I think many uh, interested people, where the hell did that go? <laughs> the page like refreshed on me. Uh, I think many interested people watched it. My expectation for the film was high, but I think it was neither particularly hilarious nor moving. Um, the film starts with two Americans who are going to Pyongyang being told by the CIA to assassinate Kim Jong-un. The film includes... Scenes of North Koreans revolting against the regime after becoming aware of the reality. I was most impressed when Kim Jong-un dies and with North Koreans elect a new government following a democratic election. The film's depiction of such a message was a meaningful was meaningful for a defector living in Europe like me. Uh, in fact, the majority of Europeans are not familiar with North Korea. Through the film, however, many now know that such a dictator exists today, and I highly praise the film for this. Also, for me, it was a pleasure to ponder about how good it would be if the miracles of the film could come true in reality. Ju, jo uh, Kwang Hyun comes from the Undiok County, uh, known as the, oh boy, uh, Kayong Hung County, and left North Korea in 2004. He lives in Europe and works as a chef.
Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Good to know. I I am quite interested in. in uh, I haven't really watched stuff on North Korea in a while. Uh, I've seen some docu- documentaries in the past and stuff about it. I know that at one point, when Americans were still allowed to sort of get there, like there was a lot of red tape you had to go through to go to North Korea. Um, <laughs> that uh, they they do have a marathon in North Korea. And I thought that would have been, I never was like, ooh, I want to really do a marathon in North Korea, but I thought it would be, I don't know, it'd be it'd be really crazy. I'm like, I don't even want to go to Jamaica knowing how, like, Jamaica, I'm not saying Jamaica's ruled by a dictator or anything. I don't know anything about really <laughs> the current ruling class in Jamaica, but my point is with Jamaica, there's a lot of poverty. It's a very poverty-stricken country. When uh, Americans go there, they just go to the resorts and stuff, and you had just kind of bypass all the fucking poor and all that, and just kind of go by that. And then it's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna party it up in this uh, resort. And uh, I don't know, it feels weird. But like I, you know, I I wouldn't mind going to like a tropical island or something at some point, but it, it does feel kind. Of, I love like Bob Marley, loves music and such. And uh, I guess it would be kind of cool to be in Jamaica, but I, you know, I also I don't want to go to a resort. <laughs> it's just not my kind of cup of tea. I mean, I like going to Ireland and then just going out and seeing like the 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 mountains and the natural stuff, you know. Which I guess you can see like the beaches and shit when you go to the resorts. Anyway, <laughs> like I I don't even like the idea of like going to like Jamaica and going to a resort. I don't think I would really like going to North Korea and like running a marathon. <laughs> It'd be interesting to like sneak into North Korea and uh, try to, you know, see what's really going on. But I'm not that ballsy, <laughs> and uh, couldn't afford to do it anymore either. I I believe uh, Henry Rollins has been to North Korea. I want to say I've heard in interviews, or uh, he he's got a lot. He's done a lot of podcasts, and radio, and other stuff, and uh, he's traveled all over the world. He's been to Iran. He's got some pretty good stories about that. That guy's love me some Hank Rollins. You know what? I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to look that up. Henry Rollins, North Korea. I know he's got, I'm pretty sure he's been there. And now, oh man, sadly, <laughs> I, I, uh, I had to cancel a lot of, uh, most of my streaming, um, services. Uh, and, uh, because, uh, you know, I'm trying to cut back money as I'm I'm trying to buy a house and stuff. So I've cut it down to just Netflix and Disney plus because I can't give up my Star Wars, yo. Um, and, uh, I don't have YouTube premium anymore. And apparently I've had, I get, now that I think about it, I've had YouTube premium, I guess for like two years or so now. And I, zero commercials. Zero fucking commercials. And it just, just, like two days ago, it finally ended. And uh, (laughs) not having YouTube Premium now sucks so bad. The commercials are way worse than before I had YouTube Premium. Their commercials, like, nonstop. I'm like, I don't even want to watch YouTube now. So I know when I click on one of these. And, uh, (laughs) damn it, I know that... uh, it's going to probably start with commercials. But uh, and I'm going to click on this Larry King one because the great Larry King just passed away, unfortunately. And I do love me some Larry King. If you want to watch, I th- did he pass already before? You know, yeah, I guess I mentioned it last last week, I think. And I talked about the uh, Kevin Pollack chat show where they did the uh, Larry King. Oh, it's Larry King, but it's uh, Tom Green interviewing Henry Rollins. Oh, well, we'll go ahead and click that clip. It's a short clip. We'll... Uh, Hopefully there's not a fucking commercial. No, that was three years of applying for the visa uh-huh. and finally getting it. And uh-huh. I went in and out of Pyongyang via Beijing. And I saw a lot of hunger and a lot of sadness. Good people, bad government. 
And um, so you can just go to North Korea. Yeah, it's the toughest visa I've ever tried to get. It took me three years, and I finally mm -hmm. got. They hand them out like you know one, two, not three. And I, I had a great travel agent, and she said I got the hookup. <laughs> and so I did this interview. North Why Korean do you want to go? Are you trying to start a ruckus? I'm mm -hmm. like, no, I'm just yeah. there to observe and take photos, which I did. I had two tour guides because I went alone, and I was suspicious to those people because there's like church groups and like, okay, we know what that is. I was a single American. They went, okay. One guy who talked to me and a woman who just, just took notes and scowled. Uh -huh. They wouldn't, never gave me anything but the party line. Yeah. We're at the airport and I'm expecting either to get arrested for something I must have said or they're going to let me go. I'm really wondering if I'm going to get back to Beijing. And at the last minute, Kim, my male tour guide, he broke character. You find out his English is way better than what he's been saying <laughs> to me all week. And he goes like, you and I are friends. And he hugged me. I went, Okay, man, sure. He said, one day I'm coming to Los Angeles and I'm going to visit you. And I went, man, you find me on a thing called the internet <laughs> and I will pick you up at your hotel and we're going to have the best burrito you've ever had. He said, what's a burrito? I said, until then. I hope for that email. I'd love to meet Kim again in LA. Wow. But uh, he broke character and just went, and he, he's just a human and he, he knows his government's terrifying. But the whole week I'm there was just nothing but Kim Il-sung facts that he invented the solar system and water and agriculture and they have the mightiest navy in the world and I'm trembling in my boots over it. I'm like, oh yeah, like a leaf. Because so you he, get like an adrenaline rush from going there? Is that part of the reason or are you, know, you just going to learn I, about what's going on I, there? Or? I want to learn what your life is like because I got the West sewn up. I've been bopping around the Western world a lot. Non-Western environments fascinate me. So I'm trying to learn about how we humans are going to get along in this century, which is the only one I have left. Never miss a beat. Subscribe to Larry King now and watch new episodes every... Thinking the new episodes are not going to happen anymore, unfortunately. I'm sure they probably got some old stuff they can put up, though. Yeah, that's good stuff. Henry Rollins has got some great stories about traveling. And he... uh. I can find like his uh one going to Iran. I think he had some issues uh in Iran. I can find a good one. Uh what the fuck? Some weird weird uh stuff has popped up here. Um <clears throat> do 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 damn it. I can't find a good clip of him uh, talking about Iran. Uh, oh, this might this might get. Yeah, I'm Iranian. Is I'm Iranian. Yeah, and I was there, and I was there as a woman, as a guest of their film festival, and I was appalled at many things daily, and I I, Wait, I had you, to. Yeah. You get called things here. Well, no, it was more just feeling like there was a people who did not have, who were constantly fucked with on a daily basis over little things, and a country whose infrastructure was falling apart because there was a bunch of people basically tyrannizing them. Having said that, I have a lot of problems with what's going on here, but I'm just curious as to what you did, who you saw, and what your impressions were there. Uh, uh, my impressions of Iran? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, sure. Um, I... I had a really good time, and uh, I met a lot of really wonderful people and ate a lot of really good food. And I, I, like I said before, I went there because I was curious, and I, I went to school with Iranian guys. They, they were boarding students at the all-boys school I went to, and they taught me how to curse in Farsi. And uh, one guy, Milad Kurami, actually the reason I got out of high school is because Milad would help me in math. And uh, there's a, a great woman named uh, um, Shireen Nishat, and uh, she's, she's one of my heroes, and she's a pal of mine. And, and um, I met her a few summers ago, and I said, I've always been curious about your country. And she said, promise me you'll go to Tehran. I said, okay. And she said, if you do, I'm going to hook you up with my friends and family. And I went, and she did. So I met her, her uh, family. I met her, her sister, uh, Modokht, and uh, her, her friends. In any case, the people I met, uh, expressed their uh, their frustration with Mahmoud Ahmadinejad and the fact that uh, you know I, I, the women I met were very very smart and very frustrated that they could not go further with 
all that stuff they had. No, and Shireen can't go back there. I'm, I'm sorry? You know, Shireen cannot go back there. No, she can't. And uh, it, it, believe me, uh, it pains her to no end. As close as she gets to her family, I think they meet in Austria. And uh, I actually sent her, I, I couldn't get email out of Iran uh, sending files, but I took photos of me and her mother and her sister and sent them from Israel, actually. And she was very happy to see that I had actually met them. And uh, she's, she's fantastic. But, but I met wonderful people. They were, and I walked all over Tehran by myself, never feeling Ballsy threatened. It took me a few hours a day to shake off my government-assigned uh, tour guide, a guy named Reza. Uh, but actually, after I shook him off, I just walked all over the, the north part of the city, which is very beautiful. And anyone who ever heard me speak English would come up and go like, where are you from? I'd say America. Like, they'd say, I like America. And I'd say, I like Iran. I'm shaking hands. I'm trying to be like the good vibe <laughs> ambassador. So uh, just basically <laughs> communicating with people. But, and, and there are a lot, I have a lot of problems with the way things are run there. You know, just that the fact that women are restricted. And so yeah. uh, Iran misses out on all that wonderful potential that women can give to their country and, and make, the, make their country a better place. And that's basically, and, and as a woman, I'm sure you've run into it many times in your life, men and their fragile eggshell-thin egos will screw up every good thing a woman tries to do on this planet because they're touchy about uh, women being faster, smarter, and better aim. And so I think uh, Iran right now suffers from a bit of that. But I think if they had a real fair election, you might see uh, a different day there. And I think in our lifetime, things will be much different there and much better. I hope so. Thank you. Me too. Oh, I love Henry Rollins. Oh, stop before commercial hits. <laughs> like every time a video ends now, it fucking plays a goddamn commercial. Fucking damn it. So used to the premium. And I don't even, there's not any, they don't even put that many like YouTube premium shows up any either. And it's like like they had a couple okay ones, but unfortunately, like you know, the one I even like originally got it for the the Karate Kid. It's now on Netflix, so it's like I don't even I don't even need it for that. And uh, uh, they. Uh, the the other one I really liked on there was do you want to see a dead body and they don't they don't make new episodes anymore on that so so I don't need to be concerned about that I just fucking hate all these commercials I don't have to ever really see them anymore it's a sad thing uh but yeah and it would be pretty crazy to just uh like I thought I you know I felt pretty brave just like being by myself in Russia and uh <clears throat> Just, you know, but, and for a, being an American and just walking through Russia, uh, I'm a white American. The, there's, there's no real difference in look between like Russians. I mean, they might have a slightly different look, but you don't, you can't look at a, a regular American. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't recall seeing a lot of black people, so I guess that might stick out a little bit. I wouldn't think even that like you'd see like a black person think oh not russian <laughs> there's a lot of asians so i mean if like it, it you don't really stick out but i feel like in iran <laughs> like or especially north korea i'm gonna stick out in fucking north korea there's not a lot of anglo-saxons just walking around north korea i don't think at least like that's some like i that that's got to be a fucking adrenaline trip man got to be just fucking jacked like especially Especially North Korea, like knowing that anything you say could end up putting you in prison because they don't, they've put plenty of Amer Americans in prison that have been there. They put that one guy that stole a, a poster and they f fucked him up while in prison, then uh, sent him back when he, when he fucking died immediately after because he was sick. Uh, so they don't give a shit about arresting Americans. Like Russia, I feel like, you know. They're not gonna. They're not gonna bother doing that unless, unless they think I'm a spy. <laughs> There's been th those situations, but for the most part, they don't really go after Americans, uh, no normal tourists, I guess. North Korea, no, they'll, <laughs> they'll fucking lock you up. Henry Rollins, I'm sure, would have no problems going to Russia. Uh, <clears throat> but it, it, just saying that, like, I can imagine, like, if I went to like North Korea, or like Iran. And that just like man, it would be, it'd be intense. I would be nervous going to like. I think I'd, 
might be less nervous like going to Iran than like uh, Israel. I've, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in Israel, in which you know we're allies with Israel, but I feel like I'm gonna get like kidnapped or something. <clears throat> Definitely wouldn't want to go near the uh, Gaza Strip. That's for sure. You know, I don't want to be near a place that's off in a war zone. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, oh, this makes me miss traveling. There's just an excitement of going to places you've never been and uh, just not knowing things when you get there. And, like, I know the first time, like, I've been to places, like, the first time I went to Russia, I I knew a lot about Russian history, but, you know, I it didn't know fully what I was getting myself into. There was a lot of excitement of just new things. And same goes with like Ireland. Like I knew a little, little bit about Irish history before going there. I, I would say I know a lot more now. I've learned a lot after going there several times and just being interested in learning about the time of the troubles and, and, uh, all that good shit. Oh, well, bad shit. There's a lot of bad shit. In Irish history, a lot of bad shit. Um, <laughs> And uh, the English have fucked them over a lot through through the centuries. Um, but yeah, there's Germany. I felt like I knew a lot more before I went there. Like that wasn't as surprising when I went there. But it was still, I mean, actually being there, there was that sense of excitement and being in the Alps and all of that stuff. Um, and I miss that, dude. It's like a drug. It's it's like on the South Park episode where they're playing. Uh, Guitar Hero <laughs> and Randy. <laughs> well, I guess I think Stan ends up doing it too, but like uh, the Stan's dad, Randy, ends up doing the Heroin Hero, or maybe it was just Stan that was rocked on the Heroin Hero. Yeah, I guess Stan was the one really rocking the Heroin Hero, but it was just the video game where you're just literally just chasing the dragon. You can never catch the dragon. And just getting gooned down. And I feel like I'm chasing that dragon. I'm playing heroin hero. And <laughs> I'm going to have to find a second source of income if I want to get back to chasing that dragon. Oh, get back to the Emerald Island. where uh, I, Man, I really, really had the goal I wanted to go to France and then go see a show at the Bataclan where the uh, unfortunate Paris attacks happened. Where there were... Uh, um, Eagles of Death Metal played. I almost said them Crooked Vultures. Josh Hame was in both bands. Um, <clears throat> he wasn't there playing drums that night, though. Like, he doesn't usually tour with them, but it was uh, Jesse Hughes and I don't know the other guys that tour with him. Jesse Hughes and Josh Hame are the ones that like uh, do all the... I think they predominantly do all the, the music when they're recording the record, but then they have a, a band that tours with them. But they played that show at the Bataclan. I was like, man, <clears throat> I want to go there and show... Just, you know, to say fuck you to, you know, terrorists and such of just awful stuff that happens. But like, and it just, I'd love to go to Paris. There's that. I'd like to go see the, uh, the sewers and stuff there where they have like the cat, or the, not the sewers, but the catacombs. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, there's just a lot of cool shit I'd like to see. And I, hell, I'd love to go to Normandy Beach. I think Normandy Beach is pretty far from Paris, but I'm not really sure on that. Um, <clears throat> but you know what? When, when in Paris, or when in France, you gotta, I guess, see the sights. Uh, I've been around a lot of French people, and when I was in Ireland, they were they were very nice to me. I remember being on uh, the second time I went to Ireland, the last time I ran uh, the Connor Marathon. There was uh, standing on the bus because uh, there was a hailstorm that day, unfortunately, which I did get to run in, which was. <laughs> It wasn't massive hail, but man, it made it really fucking cold. Um, it was very small hail, but shit, it was cold. Uh, they let they were kind enough to let us get back on the bus and like wait for because we they bust us out to the start of the race, and uh, normally they just have you wait stand there at the start of the race, but uh, because <laughs> because the elements were so shitty, they let us get back on the bus and chill out there for a while before the race started. <laughs> And while I was on the bus, there was quite a few French people. Ireland's, like, right next to France, basically. A lot of French people go over there for vacation and such. And probably, I'm sure a lot of French people just work there. Um, but, uh, well, hell yeah, at the hotel I was at, I think that trip, 
there was uh, French people working at the uh, kitchen there at the the hotel. And I had some really good blood sausage there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I was on the bus, and uh, <laughs> there was, uh, I think, like three French people that were uh, just chatting it up all in French, and I know almost no French. <laughs> uh, very, very – I tried to learn it for a little bit, but uh, I seeing the, I wasn't, like, traveling there or anything. I didn't have any real incentive to learn a lot of French, and I don't uh, – I don't converse with anybody. I don't know of anybody that is fluent in French that I can, like, converse with. So it seems kind of silly for me to just keep learning French if I'm never going to, like, need to use it. Um, so anyway, I didn't know what the fuck they were saying. All of a sudden, the one looks over at me and sees that I have the Bubba Gump shrimp hat. And he looks over and stops talking and then just like, Bubba Gump shrimp. Nice. Oh, man. Damn it. My uh, mic is uh, going. Sorry about that. There's uh, <laughs> technical difficulties. This board is fucking up lately. The compression on it gets funky. Like after a while, it comes and goes. Still working though. Still working. Anyway, he looks down at the bubblegum shrimp. He's like, nice. And that that was it. That was <laughs> that was all the English he conversed with me. Just like stop. They were. I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. They were in a very deep conversation. These like th- two to three people that were talking and then like he goes back right back into the conversation that they had right back in their French he's just like Bubba Gump Shrimp nice <laughs> I was like I love this guy I love this guy I know nothing about this guy I don't know what the fuck he's saying over there other than he just loves but he loves Forrest Gump apparently and uh I mean who doesn't <laughs> except for I guess QAnon supporters that think that uh Tom Hanks is behind uh you know a pedophile ring um, which is bullshit, but you know, fuck you for fucking with Tom Hanks, fuckers. Um, <laughs> lo- love that man. He's he's the greatest. I love Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I think I was thinking there was more shit I had to talk about tonight, but uh, I digressed way too much, and uh, yeah, I guess I got I got nothing there. Uh, so I guess uh, as always. That's a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.